Today we talk about why you need to be doing plyometrics and no, you're not too old to start. Listen in. Hi, welcome to the Average to Athletic Podcast. My name is Graham and I'm your host and we are going over every week different aspects of athleticism, breaking it down the complex stuff that makes great athletes great so that you can apply it to your life and continue to train in an optimal way for your body. So, and obviously I know you may have a definition of what an athlete is or and what you're not in terms of that. And so it's easy to watch someone on football on Sundays and say, well, they're amazing. I'm not that good or I have no desire to do that. But the reality is, is a lot of people think of their bodies like cars, right? And, you know, when you've got oil needs to be changed, tires need to be rotated or, or something's broken, you take it to a mechanic. You don't have to know what's going on. Uh, same thing with like technology, right? Take it to somebody, they fix it, they get it back, boom, you're good. But the problem is, is that someone else can look and see the exact same thing in your car that you can because it's an objective third party thing, right? But your body is your own, right? No one else can feel or understand or interpret things in your own body as well as you can. Your thoughts, your movements, what hurts, what doesn't hurt. Uh, so we can't really outsource that. We can't go and have someone else fix things for us unless we're going to take ownership because we have to think about that. We have to be the mechanic of our body. Within that though, that does, that does not mean we have to be this master of knowing every single bone and how things work and move, but it does mean we need to know the the 20% of stuff that gets 80% of the results in terms of what I need to eat, how I feel after eating certain things, certain things, how much sleep I need to get, how much water I need to get, how much movement in different planes and motions I need to have to feel healthy and strong. So part of that comes into having a bit of diversity in your training, which is why I continue to stress this idea of training like an athlete, right? And so Obviously, athleticism is a very broad term, but really what it means is you're training optimally to move and feel good. So within that, one of the things I often get as an objection from my old client is, dude, wait till you're my age. You won't be able to do X or Y when I'm talking to them about you know, adding in a certain movement or doing something. And that's not me trying to say that you have to be able to clean or do snatches. I, I really don't care the specific movements people do, but it does mean that you can't just use age as an objection to say, I'm not going to do that. I don't need to do that. So to way, the way to reframe that is, let's say you're 45 and you're looking at me like, oh, wait till you're my age and you have kids and all this stuff. True. That is an objection you need to consider because you do have different responsibilities as you age. But the reality is when you're 65, you're going to wish you could go back and feel as good as you did or have the body, well, maybe not the body, but you, you're going to wish you could go back and have the energy level when you're 45 that you do now being 45, thinking about 25. And so the reality is you are continuing to get older. It's not going backwards. Time only moves one way. And so that's what we talked about last week is this idea of maximizing your time. This time you want to think about the fact that think about the future and the way you're saving, hopefully saving for retirement, you should also be saving up your body's store of ability. Okay. And so we'll get to what that means in a minute. As we age, yes, there are changes in our body. We do have changes in our hormone levels. We may not have as much testosterone or estrogen as we did when we were younger, but by and large, the biggest changes that happen with our bodies are more related to our daily life and our activity choices. We don't play anymore. We don't go play sports or just roll around or throw things. You know, we don't sit on the ground anymore like we did when you were kids. 
Uh, we don't play sports as often. Most people don't. Um, and we also lose the idea of challenging, doing something that we're not good at or that we're trying something new, right? And you can think about when you're a kid or when you, if you have kids, you, you, you want them to do different sports and try different things and say, well, I don't care if you're great at it. You're going to try this and, and get value from it. And we think about that way because we're trying to have kids be exposed to multiple challenges and learn from them. And we see the benefit in that. But as we get older and we become adults, no one's going to tell us what to do. And we kind of figure out what we quote unquote like to do. As a result, we stop doing everything else because no one's making you do it, right? If you don't really like eating broccoli, you don't have to. If you don't really like running, you don't have to. And there is some benefit to that because you become more individualized and happier and content in what you're doing and confident and comfortable. But there is a lot of benefit to challenging yourself and trying something. So the idea of skill acquisition, so the, the brain, how the brain has to work to challenge your, your body, to move different ways, to speak different ways, to learn different processes and different thought ways of thinking that's huge that keeps you young when you stop learning you stop growing and that's a big problem because when you stop learning and growing you start dying and that's not what we want um so the physical and mental skill acquisition is one aspect but also a diverse movement profile right let's let's say you play soccer all the time when you're growing up but you know you have to you play basketball in the fall or you do some swimming in the summer basketball in the winter it doesn't matter but the idea is you're getting different exposure to stuff right when you're in school you don't just start doing only math classes when you're in third grade because oh we see the benefit you should learn how to speak well and how to write or how to learn science or whatever that is and, and the critical thinking right we want you to think about the exposure you're getting and the same thing with your body when you stop playing sports or rolling or throw you know play, sitting on the ground or throwing things or i don't know just even running you lose that uh, diverse movement profile you're getting and the strains that come with it on your body you're no longer loading a rotational pattern you're no longer loading a squat or a hinge pattern as often as you were and the fun thing about those things is when you can find an outcome to focus on as opposed to just thinking about the process so let's say i want to improve my rotation and mobility well let me go throw the football with somebody or roll around on the ground and just wrestle or whatever that looks like you're not focused on the fact that I need to get this rotational spinal flexion and have all these different things. You're just thinking, I want to throw the football. I want to have fun. And that's the beauty of sports and movement is that we focus on the game, the fun, the, the experience and outcome, and we stop thinking about the, the intrinsic components. And as a result, we get all those beneficial strains and movement profiles. But, you know, it's very boring and tedious to go back and say, well, I have to get my supplement quotient of rotation this week it doesn't it's not it doesn't have the same ring to it so you you have to take back take a step back and think about yes there is a box of stuff you like to do but without there's benefit from everything else people that like to run they go out and they want to run and that's their thing they tend to just run or they like video games they kind of sit and do that esports i guess is what you call it now or if you're a lifter and you want to do bodybuilding you kind of just stop doing everything else and start doing that and we get boxed into this movement paradigm and we don't realize that we're slowly losing our resiliency to adapt and say stay healthy because we're not having other inputs. And so this is where you can start to hack this by adding in plyometrics or you know just sports and some of that aspect to help you slow this loss. But it's first first it's helpful to reframe what plyometrics are. A lot of times you'll think about plyometrics 
uh, you know, that's box jumps or, or uh, max effort sprinting or bounding or, you know, whatever it is. It's that quick explosive movement that they're doing at the NFL Combine. But the reality is plyometrics simply mean any movement that incorporates elasticity. And by that, I mean like the rubber band component. So the, you, um, you know, the reflex, if you have someone hits uh, below the kneecap on the patellar tendon and your knee pops out, that's elasticity. So that's a beautiful component of our muscles and our joints and ligaments that help us to transfer force and then reproduce it quickly to be powerful. Um, so it's movements that are incorporating elasticity, but with the intent of being fast and quick, right? So it's not just I step up onto a next stair step and step down. It's I step up and step down as quickly as I can. And what I want to stress here is that doesn't necessarily mean objectively quick. It means the intent. And that's that's a big difference is I don't particularly care if you move fast. I care if you are trying to move fast. And so take speed ladders for example i don't care how fast you are if you're the fastest in the world i just care that you're trying to move as fast as you can because that changes what's going on in your brain and little by little that intent creates a long-term skill acquisition so this can be scaled up or down the plyometric plyometrics can what you're going to do based off of three things your ability level so basically your coordination your control where you're what you're capable of doing, um, your experience, how much experience you've had playing sports or doing this type of training in the past, and then your current health, injury, and pain status. So, uh, and pain meaning like I've had surgeries, my knees hurt, my elbows hurt, are going to change what you're doing as opposed to, oh, I feel completely fine, I just have never done it before. So start to pay attention to those three categories when you're thinking about where to start. And it, it may not be full effort sprinting, it may not be box jumps, it may not be broad jumps or agility drills, max effort. It, that, no one, who cares? It doesn't have to be this end goal. But it should start somewhere with med ball throws, some type of prowler or sled pushes, skipping patterns, mini hops like jump roping, speed ladder drills, quick feet step ups, shuffling or backpedaling or directional changes. All of these things are done with the intent of being explosive, but they're not going to load you to a point that could risk injury. So med ball throws are great because you're throwing, getting rotation and core engagement, but it's intrinsically stabilizing in your shoulder joints and your core because you are exhaling and pushing through and getting a lot of dynamic movement, but you're, it's all in this what's called concentric plane or concentric motion where you are pushing, but you're not having to absorb. Same thing with the prowler and sled suicides and the skipping was well, skipping a little different, but the sled pushes, if you get something heavier and just push it as hard as you can, you're not having to absorb that load. You're just pushing it, right? Skipping patterns, mini hops, those are something you'll build into that's a little bit more coordination and just landing. If you want to be a runner or enjoy running, developing some motion through the hips to be able to land and push off back and forth in a controlled, coordinated manner really helps a lot. Speed ladder drills are great. I had a, one of my favorite clients of all time. He was like 78. And we, we started throwing in speed ladders. This guy was just a machine. He would do whatever. But he was starting to age a little bit. And so with a speed ladder, which is that little like matrix looking ladder thing you look on the, put on the ground, you can challenge the brain with different patterns and just have to work on putting things together. And it's amazing because when you get a kid, they can watch it and struggle a few times to pick it up. But adults are like... I don't know what to do. This is this is strange, and it it can be fun and encouraging. Obviously, you don't want to go to the point of being like aggravating, but challenging yourself with a different pattern, getting it down, going a little bit quicker—that's an excellent way to really challenge your brain. 
Same thing with quick feet step ups. Let's say you have a little two or four inch uh, lift. You step up, up, down, down, moving quickly with that, shuffling, backpedaling, directional changes. All of those things are challenging to move and to stop and absorb and change rotation, but it doesn't have to be done so explosively, so big in terms of the effort and the, the speed that it could risk injury. It's just changing some things and moving. And by making it fun and working in a way either that's with, that's with somebody as a friend or a coach and just making a little competition or you know just timing yourself, you can really incorporate a lot of the fun of sports and competition without having to make it this massive thing that you may not be ready for. So starting with some of those things and the reason why it's important for you, let's say you're 45 or 55 is, you know, I know you're not 80, but the reason why it's important is that the two biggest indicators of fall risk are foot speed and leg strength. And so obviously as we age, the hormone profile changes, right? And so, you know, you may not have as much testosterone or estrogen, and, and that means it becomes harder and harder to put on muscle, have your bones and joints acclimate to different stresses, learn new skills uh, neuromuscularly, and then recover quickly. It takes you longer to do that, right? So the, the problem is, is a lot of this stuff is a skill acquisition. So the older you get, it becomes harder to get the resume of movement and let's say training experience that's going to keep your foot speed high and leg strength strong to keep you from falling. So the thing is that old age doesn't kill you, right? Old age doesn't put you in a retirement home. No one just died of old age. The problem is, is there's a slow loss and degradation of I'm not moving like I used to. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm living. When you lose the independence, let's say, you mean I go to the store every week and do what you're doing. You may not carry things as much. You may have a walker or a, uh, you start to do less and less. And it has happens as a kid when you go to school and you go to college and you get a job, you start sitting more, moving less, being busier, having more stress, having to deal with the kids or whatever that is. And you start to lose that strength, that skill. And over time, if you don't use it, you lose it until that one day where you slip and fall and then you break your hips. Like my grandmother was a fantastic woman. She was living on her own, super independent, strong-willed woman. It was great. I always loved going to visit her. And then she you know, had diabetes, started to get a little bit heavier, a little bit heavier. And then she slipped and fell in a garage and was there for a few hours with a broken hip. But that meant she couldn't drive anymore. And then she got put in a retirement home. And then everything, when that, that's when things really speed up. You can't walk anymore. You're in a room. People are taking care of you. You can't really wipe your own butt. Then you really start to go downhill. And then things like the diabetes and those chronic conditions that are, I mean, not, they're as a byproduct of not eating well and not moving, those are when they really get you. And that's when you become really susceptible to the flu or pneumonia, and boom, you're gone. And if you've ever, you know, seeing an older person fall or even maybe yourself is this kind of falling in slow motion like you can kind of see what's happening or let's say that someone throws a ball at you and you kind of like can tell the ball is coming but you don't either have the skill or or the speed to be able to block your hand so you kind of close your eyes and do the little like face and you kind of turn your shoulder away it's just like you know what is happening but you just can't stop it that's exactly what's happening. And so if you, someone is falling is like you've lost the foot speed or the leg strength to hold yourself and catch yourself. And also the, the brain, like being able to see what's happening and react to it. And you trip and then you can't pick the, you step up on a stair and you hit the lip of the stair, but you can't pick your foot up and catch yourself. And then you're just falling. 
And that is the number one thing that if you're trying to avoid that, you have to train for that speed and agility, so to speak, the plyometrics, right? So you remember the three starting indicators, right? The uh, health, so like your health injury, like whether surgery or pain, your experience, how much experience and things you've done with that, and then your ability level, let's say that, you know, you don't have use of your hands or your legs or you're significantly overweight, those affect your starting point, right? So the earlier you start doing this stuff, let's say you are 45 and you're like, well, wait till you're my age. If you start when you're 45, just incorporating a little bit of the speed ladders, some throwing stuff, some skipping, some running, and just challenging yourself, you're going to get and have an easier time retaining the neuromuscular information, so learning the skill. You're going to have an easier time putting on muscle mass. And that doesn't mean you're getting jacked. It just means that the specific muscles in and around the intrinsic feet, ankles, hands, wrist, elbows, shoulders, that's going to come easier. The joints and bones are going to be more prepared because they respond to the type of loading you have. So you're going to be able to get more reps in and recover better, which means that you can have more experience. So whether or not you've done anything in your life up to age 45 or 55, by the time you hit 65, you've got some decent reps and experience, right? And in the same way that you save for retirement, you need to save for retirement by practicing skills and building up a resume of movements that your body's used to. Because there's no point in living to 120 if you're in a wheelchair and miserable for the last 20 years. I think everybody at some level acknowledges this, that quality of life is so much more important than quantity, right? And you don't want to have to deal with unnecessary pain. You don't want to have to deal with being a burden on your family, on your friends, or not having anybody to take care of you. And if you're so overweight that you need two nurses to come in and help you move, I mean, like, that's just no way to live. But the only way to do that is to invest in your body now. Whether you're 25, 45, 65, 75, starting today is the best time. Because the first best time was two weeks ago or yesterday. The second best time is today. And it is important. It is important because if you don't do it now, you will have to deal with this later. And it's not fun. So whether or not you're 28 right now and you're like, I've never been an athlete. I don't need to do this stuff. I just want to go run. It is important because eventually your bones will start to go down. You'll lose that upper body strength and you will get to a point where you get these nagging pains. And what's worse than having just run and doing everything for 15, 20 years and you never wanted to lift or do any type of other type of training and all of a sudden your calf or you get plantar fasciitis or you can't run and you can't do what you used to do. Now you can't do the one thing you love because you didn't invest in taking care of that asset when you were younger. So it doesn't matter when it is, figure out a way to incorporate this stuff. Find a co- If you don't feel confident getting started and not being able to do it well or correctly or not do it without getting hurt, find a coach or trainer that will walk with you at your pace. And I, that means that they're not trying to push you into one specific thing that you need to do this competition to be a power lifter or Olympic lifting, or you need to be doing full sprints. Find someone that will walk with you at your pace that can identify where you need the biggest help and then get you to that point of being confident and empowered on your own, right? I've got some resources that can help and get you started in that path and be a consultant for you. But if it's not me, then find someone that will work with you on that because the more you invest in your body, just like you say for retirement, the better your life and the quality of your life is going to be as you get older, all right? That's true for you if you're 25, 45, 65, it doesn't matter. So that's all I have to say for today. Take care of your body, invest in yourself. Thank you so, so much for listening. If you got any value from this or you have a parent or a friend or, I don't know, a, a spouse that needs to listen to this, share it with them. 
please like and subscribe. Um, not like, I guess, but it's not Instagram. You, uh, review, I get a leave rating and review. It's the most important thing. Um, subscribe and then share it with someone that gets value. Uh, check out check out gramtuttle.com if you want some more information on this or working with this or you having resources at least, and we can go from there. Otherwise, have a great day. I will talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you.